All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing you a message entitled Surprising Grace, based off of Genesis chapter 45, verses 3 through 11, and verse 15. So let us dive into the Word today. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will neither be plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. Amen. It is true. It is true that God has a plan. No doubt. I mean, it is true that God has a plan. It is also true that we have free will and oftentimes work against God's plan. None of that is surprising. But what is surprising is that despite our sinful ways, God's grace abounds, surrounds, and turns us around. I want to tell you a rather bizarre story that is a a bit unsettling, but certainly worth your listen, as it will add context to today's today's, uh, scripture reading and message. There once was this this kid, Joe, who was the second youngest son in a rather large family. He had had 11 elder brothers and one younger brother. I'll say that again. He had 11 younger brothers, 11 11 elder brothers, excuse me, and one younger brother. 11 elder brothers and one younger brother. That's right. Joey's parents were quite busy, weren't they? And I will never, ever complain about having two daughters again. I mean, wow, 13 kids, 13 energetic, 
competitive, hangry kids. God bless them. Anyway, Joey was really his father's favorite. And over time, it grew more and more annoying to his older brothers. And as that happens a lot in families. I mean, they had worked their butts off for their father. They had put in their hours in the family business, had been loyal, hardworking, responsible. Yet their brother hadn't put in his hours. God forbid if dad has him do any chores or actually chip in and help out at work. Yet their father kept showering praises on Joey and even went out of his way to have a special styling jacket made for him. Man, this thing was this thing was swag, man. It was chic. So these brothers were, you know, these brothers were uh, frustrated to say the least. However, that wasn't the deal closer. No, not at all, actually. What closed the deal, what became the final straw, so to speak, was when their brother Joey told them that he had a dream that he would one day be all their bosses and that they would one day be on their knees begging him for support, even worshiping him. All of this, Joey claimed, was going to come true because God gave him the dream. The audacity. Who the heck was this kid anyway? And while they all believed in and worshipped God, I mean, they were God-fearing family, Joey was certainly no priest or prophet. He's just a lazy, pampered, spoiled brat of a kid. What's more, while their dad was upset initially by Joey's ridiculous predictions, he actually did nothing to correct it, and all he did was wonder what Joey could have meant by all of that. Yes, you heard me right, wonder. As in ponder the profundity of Joseph's words, wonder. As opposed to being enraged and disowning him for his insolent, insolent blasphemous, and disgraceful words. Joey's older brothers had had enough. And they plotted to kill their brother. When he was alone, the brothers jumped him and kidnapped him and threw him into a hole he couldn't get out of. And the plan was there to leave, to leave him there alone and to, and to let him die. But instead, they reasoned, like, why should we kill him? Then that makes us murderers. No, wouldn't it be better off if we just, you know, we made money off of human trafficking him out of the country into slavery or something? So the more they thought about it, they're like, yeah, why kill him, man? We'll just, we'll just sell him off, make money, go back to dad and say he's dead. And that's what they did. They sold him into slavery. They took his nifty jacket, they tore it up, they smeared it with an animal's blood and covered up their crime by bringing that jacket home and telling their dad a huge lie. Joey had never reached his destination and was seemingly killed by a wild animal, they said. Now sadly, as is often the case in these types of stories, Joey was never seen of or heard from again. The family of 13 was cut down to 12. The murderers inherited their father's trust and estate. And injustice and evil won the day. 
Now, before we move forward together into today's passage, I, I want you to consider this. There's a lot that happened in this story that God did not plan. In the story that I just told you. Things that did not fit into God's plan. Things like the fact that Joey's dad always favoritized him. Always showed him favoritism. That was unjust to his older brothers. And Joey had undue power and privilege over them because of that. A parent's love should always be impartial. Just as God's love is impartial, that is God's plan. Consider also how Joey, uh, consider how Joey getting sold into slavery was not God's plan. Yeah, it was God's plan for Joey to, you know, uh, to do things with his life, but getting sold into slavery? Sure, God wasn't hoping that for him. I don't think God would hope slavery for anybody. Slavery is not a godly thing. And God is not cool with it. Rather, God created us all equally in his glorious image and wants us to love each other, even our enemies, as God first loved us. That is, that is, <laughs> that is God's plan. Yet as soon as we, as we will soon discover, just because things don't go according to God's plan doesn't mean God's plan is thwarted. What we will hopefully see is that God's response to our sin is not only grace, it is amazing, surprising grace. Of course, the story I just shared is the context of our scripture passage today. Joey, or Joseph rather, was sold into slavery by his 11 older brothers who went home and lied to their father about what happened. But that was not the end of the story for Joseph, was it? Nope. Instead, his ability to dream visions and to interpret dreams, the very thing that made his brothers jealous of him, caused him to become, a val become valued by his masters eventually landing him in the court of the pharaoh who also took a liking to him, so much so that he ended up being placed second in charge of all of Egypt, governor of all of Egypt, under the pharaoh. <laughs> Lucky break, right? Wrong. <laughs> this wasn't luck. This was the grace of God protecting Joseph and softening up the heart of the, of the Pharaoh. This was God's plan. Yeah, sure, God could have done it in other ways. Right? But because the plan ended up going the way it did, because free will got in there and mucked things up, well, we all know that God then made the plan happen with those circumstances. This wasn't luck. This was the grace of God and the plan of God. This was God protecting Joseph and softening up the heart of the Pharaoh. And this is where our part of the account picks up. You see, all those years back, God was showing Joseph the future of what was going to happen. That there was going to be a famine and that somehow Joseph would save his family and get 
them all through it. As a younger kid brother, Joseph's approach to his brothers came off arrogant, of course, and egotistical, and it probably was the way he told them. We were all young ones, right? We remember our fights with our siblings. But still, those dreams were real, and they were both warnings and insights into what was to come. And Joseph was going to be intricately connected to it. That was God's plan. Now, that could have happened anyway. Could have happened in any way. It did not have to turn out the way it did. Joseph could have gone ahead into Egypt being sent by his brother, by his father with a delegation of his brothers to go try to get help from the Pharaoh. And maybe the Pharaoh would have taken liking to him that way. Who knows how, how God could have worked that out? Who knows what scenarios could have happened had he not been sold into slavery? But that's what his brothers did to him. The free will of his brothers forced this way upon him. Well, needless to say, the dreams came true and a great and long famine hit the area and Joseph's father and mother and brothers were on the verge of starving. Ironic, no? That his family came groveling in on their knees seeking food and shelter from the Egyptians? And that the very one overseeing the grain distribution was none other than their pesky brother, Joseph? Well, ironic or not, it's the very surprising grace of God who turns our faux pas into victories. And what's more, that surprising grace, that surprising grace did not stop with God. That surprising grace had been given to Joseph and had transformed him too. Joseph, filled with the surprising grace of God, was no longer that bratty kid back, uh, you know, living with his family. No, he was now the governor, a ruler over Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh. And Joseph, filled with this surprising grace of God, ultimately surprised his family by revealing who he was and then totally forgiving them. Granted, he jostled them a little bit, you know, gave them a hard time. I mean, that was only fair. But he totally forgave them, giving them both food as well as a safe land to dwell in while the famine ravaged everything else. Of course, the free will of humanity would come in again and work against God's plan many, many, many more times. Still does. But as you can see, God's plan is never thwarted by us, by death, by sin, or by evil. Rather, God surprises us with grace, with love, with presence. And calls us to do the same in the lives of others. The question is this. How have you been surprised by God's grace in your life? In what ways has God surprised you? And how has that transformed you into who you are now? 
what's more, how is God challenging you to share that surprising grace with others? In what ways could you grow more receptive to God's grace as well as more giving of it? Now, my congregation, and I'm sure I would imagine your congregation if you're not a part of mine, we as a congregation have been blessed with God's surprising grace too. We lived through multiple generations, a couple centuries worth even. Uh, we've, we've had our ups and our downs. We've had our highs and our lows. We've moved locations a couple of times. Endured through wars, through nuclear threats, through religious motivated attacks. And we've lived through two pandemics, the flu and COVID-19. Yet here we are, serving God and t- today's world. By the surprising and by the surprising grace of God, we have not only remained open for worship, whether online or in person, but we remained a beacon of light, grace, love, peace, hope, healing, and wholeness. Through our Treasures of Hope ministry, through our support of the Weekend Bag program, through our support of the frontline workers in our hospitals and nursing homes, through our support and participation in Manor House, our local soup kitchen, and through our uh, advocating for socioeconomic justice and equity for all people in our community. Friends, we have done so much together during incredibly challenging times, and I know that things can sometimes seem bleak and out of reach. But take it from our friend Joey, that God is full of surprises. And that as a people of faith, we know that as God's surprising grace has sustained us and empowered us in the past, God's grace will abound, sustain, empower and carry us through to the very gates of God's kingdom. Amen? Then let's back our faith up with action and get to work. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this time of uh, gathering and uh, and listening to what, what it is you're telling us through your word today, Lord. And um Lord, help us to draw closer to you, to trust in you, and to continue to be surprised by your amazing grace. And let us, Lord, also be surprising by the grace that we show to others, so that others may not only feel loved, but also draw closer to you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I really, really, really uh, am so grateful for you uh, and all of you who tune in. This is always a blessing to be able to to just be here and uh, bring these messages to you and walk this journey with you in the way that I do. And uh, I'm hoping you're getting things out of these messages. Um, feel free to always leave comments or whatnot and, uh, you know, shout outs. Uh, always look forward to hearing from you. And uh, remember, uh, friends, that... Um, 
that all churches have, and all you know all people really have been struggling through this pandemic and uh so if you are in a place where you can support uh this church and and uh, my church church i serve um and this is a, a spiritual feeding for you for the week uh then i would love to have your support and you can do so by checking out the links to uh Tithely or paypal uh we use both of them and uh, if, if this is just supplemental and you're listening in, praise God. I'm glad to have you here, and please support your church as they can certainly use it as well. Um, and if you have it in you and you want to support both, uh, both of us would be very appreciative. So thank you again for uh, your continued listenership, and uh, I hope you remember that you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. Go in peace.